Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Changemaking Podcast with Chloe Mestagi. Each episode will introduce an area of technology that needs work and highlight the changemakers working on it. Join Chloe and guests as they tap into their passion about equity and rights for all. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to another episode of the Change Making Podcast on ITSP Magazine. And with me today, I have Tanisha Marin, who's the Executive Director and Chairwoman at Black Girls Hack. Tanisha, welcome. Thank you for having me, Chloe. I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm so excited and happy to have you on here and for our listeners to basically learn about Black Girls Hack. Uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, Black Girls Hack was created in 2020. Um, it's created to provide resources and train access to Black girls and women to increase their representation and cybersecurity. It is a 501c3 organization. But I want to know the behind story. Tanisha, why don't you share of what made you want to create Black Girls Hack? Girls Hack was basically created um, out of my own struggles trying to get into cybersecurity full time. Um, I was I felt like I was checking all of the boxes and, you know, I have degrees and I've got, um, you know, some certifications and I've got um, 15 years of, of experience in consulting and I was applying for jobs and I was hearing absolutely nothing back. Um, and I, I realized that, you know, there were probably people out there who were also having trouble getting into, um, you know, cybersecurity. So I, I kind of tried to approach this as, a, as I would, you know, hacking into something. What's the best way to get into cybersecurity um, that will allow other people to be able to kind of re- reproduce, you know, those steps to, to get in there, you know, more efficiently. Um, so, you know, we started having um, meetups um, to talk about things in cybersecurity um, study groups to study for the, the certified ethical hacker um, exam. Um, and I realized that there were a lot of people um, besides me that were also in kind of like the same boat. So we, you know, somebody reached out to me and they were like, you know, hey, you know, there are grants out there um, for people who are, you know, doing the work that you're doing that can help to be able to fund it. Um, so at the time, I had never even, you know, I, I probably in the back of my mind thought about, you know, incorporating into a nonprofit, but at the time it was just an Instagram page where I was sharing resources and information, um, you know, and we were all going to try to work together to try to get into cybersecurity. Um, and, you know, when I got this message and I don't to this day know who that person was, that sent me the, the, the message, it was like kind of like an anonymous email, like, Hey, you know, you should do this. Um, and so I, you know, started the process of going through the nonprofit paperwork and we actually didn't get, um, the paperwork done, get it approved because there was a backup due to the pandemic um, with the office that approves them um, for the, the nonprofits. Um, but, you know, we eventually got approved as a 501c3 organization um, and it just has grown, you know, I think from there. Um, we started off and it was me um, just basically teaching six days a week, um, you know, ethical hacking things to people. Um, and we would probably get, you know, around 20 or 30 people who would, um, you know, come out and, you know, and try to hack with us. Um, and, you know, we've grown so much since then, um, you know, and, you know, our services have kind of expanded as I've seen, you know, like what people need, you know, to be able to, you know, reproduce, 
um, you know, the process of getting into cybersecurity. What's the most efficient way to get people in there? So, you know, now we do things like mentoring and resume reviews and, um, uh, you know, like mock interviews to help people get in, you know, and then as well as offer, you know, study groups and, um, you know, just, just anything that allows people to kind of like reduce some of the barriers to entry. Um, so, you know, Black Girls Hack just basically grew out of, you know, the frustration of, you know, myself and, you know, at some point, you know, lots of other people who were trying to get into cybersecurity and were like, you know, why is there no, you know, I guess kind of like entry level um, market for cybersecurity professionals? Why does everybody want, you know, like a CISSP and three to five years of experience for what they're considering to be, you know, entry level, you know, I'm just trying to get my foot in the job type of roles. Um, so it was just, just basically, you know, my own struggle, you know, that, you know, I wanted to hack, um, and I wanted to get paid for it. And I wanted to transition out of, you know, it, um, and, you know, it was just like, Hey, there are other people who are trying to do the same thing. So Tanisha, what was the thing that brought you wanting to get into cybersecurity? Um, I, for, for most of my career, um, I've been in, you know, quality assurance, um, and you know, trying to antagonize the developers of the world. Um, and when I started thinking about hacking, and I started thinking about you know just web application security, um, you know, it was a natural extension of what I was already doing, which is just antagonizing a different set of of, of developers. Um, you know, so it was just like, hey, this is there are people who you know who get paid to do this, and I thought that was the most amazing thing in the world. Um, so I started you know teaching myself on like things like try hack me. Um, to try to get in because I, I saw that there was a, a whole career out there, a whole, you know, um, area um, of jobs where, you know, people just actually just get paid to try to, you know, break into things and to try to, you know, find things that people didn't think about. So for me, I think that that kind of drove me, um, you know, towards in, in that direction. And since, since you've, you know, created Black Girls Hack, what are the age ranges that you've been helping a lot? And is there any particular age range that you're now trying to target more towards? Yeah, so we have, um, um, I think our, our primary demographic is from 24 to 34. And the next biggest one in the bell curve is, you know, 18 to, to 24. So, you know, when you look at it, it's basically from 18 to let's call it 35 or so is is what most of the people in the squad um, is comprised of. Um, so we don't necessarily have a target per se, um, as much as you know anybody who wants to come and hack with us. Um, you know, I, I get the question all the time. You know, do you have to be a black a woman? Do you have to be a girl? Um, you know, do you have to? You know, just the things that are in the title. Um, and the answer is absolutely not. Um, we at this point um, have, I think it's maybe sixty percent women, forty percent. Um, you know, either male or non-binary. Um, so it, it's grown over the years, um, you know, from being, you know, just mostly women. Um, and then now the, the men see that, you know, it's fine for them to be there. They don't have to lurk. So, you know, they're a lot more vocal, a lot more involved in, in a lot of the, the day-to-day. Um, we also have a, a kids program, which is um, called Black Kids Hack, which is focused on the K through 12. And it's specifically meant to just provide exposure in the K through 12 to careers in cybersecurity so that, you know, people can find out um, uh, at a younger age that there are careers out here that they can do, you know, Um, especially when we start looking at things like the gamification of cybersecurity and like capture the flags. 
Um, you know, I want them to know that there are careers out there because, you know, when you start to figure out, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? A lot of times people don't know that cybersecurity is a thing. You know, they haven't been exposed to it. They don't see people who are in the space, especially people who look like them. Um, so, you know, we're trying to, you know, provide an exposure campaign to just make sure that they are able to know that, you know, there are, you know, red teams, there's blue teams, there's, you know, so many things that can be done in cybersecurity um, that are lucrative careers and is something that they can consider when they're trying to figure out, you know, what their place in the world is. I absolutely love that, especially the Black Kids Hack program. Reason for that is because, um, so I grew up in Oakland and I went to Oakland Public Schools and we had like one STEM program, but it was like, it lasted for one year and then they took it off the shelves because like we don't have funding for it. So any type of programs that are out there that can like really come into, you know, you know, general education space and being like, hey, this is something that, you know, you may not have heard of, but there's plenty of roles in this career. And, you know, you don't necessarily need a degree in it. It might help you, but you don't necessarily need a degree. You just have to be very curious and motivated at the end of the day. And, and I think that that's one of the things I, I love absolutely most about cybersecurity. Um, some of the dopest hackers I know um, don't have a degree, you know, don't have, um, you know, a formal education in, you know, ethical hacking or computer science or programming. You know, a lot of the things that, you know, people try to assume that you have to have, like, hey, I'm not good at math. I, I can never be a hacker, right? You know, you don't even have to do anything that has to do with math for the most part in, in ethical hacking. Um, so, you know, people assume that you have to be very technical, um, but there are so many, um, you know, different roles in cybersecurity. And, you know, like you said, they don't necessarily require that you have um, a degree or specific certifications. You know, there are people who are, who are not just surviving, but thriving in the cybersecurity space who, who haven't done those. Um, you know, haven't done those things. So, you know, it's just more so an issue of, you know, how hard are you willing to work? Um, are you willing to practice? Because, you know, this, like, um, you know, like if you wanted to be a professional sports player or a professional, you know, um, chess person, you know, you, a chess player, you, you have to practice, you have to put in the time, you have to make sure that you're constantly working to enhance your, your skills, right? And if you're willing to put in that time, you know, anybody can be good, um, you know, in, in this space. Um, it's not something that, you know, cut off, you know, entire portions of the population. It's just a matter of whether you have the curiosity, whether you have the, you know, tenacity, the, you know, the willingness to put in the time and, and effort to, you know, continually grow and get better at your skill. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, like if, especially when you're trying to enter this space, like you mentioned earlier, like they will be like, you need to have a cert three to five years of, you know, experience for an entry-level role, you know, our industry, like many other industries, have a practicing of gatekeeping. And one of the things of getting out of that is mentoring. And I know that's something that, you know, Black Girls Hack has been doing a tremendous amount in. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how people can get involved um, in the mentoring program? Um, absolutely. Um, this is one of the, the biggest things that I try to promote in, in Black Girls Hack is the mentoring piece, um, because, you know, if you listen to like my story and you listen to a lot of people's stories, you'll hear that we've hit a lot of road bumps. We've hit a lot of, um, you know, like this is not the most efficient way to do this. Um, so, you know, I, I want people to be able to use the experience of the people who've been in the industry for a little while 
um, to be able to, you know, make their routes a lot more efficient. So, you know, you get that kind of experience, you know, in terms of what should I be asking for is salary? You know, what can I expect day to day for my role from mentors? Um, you know, which is why I think it's so important that we have a wide variety of mentors in our program. You know, a lot of times I'll have men who will reach out to me um, who will say, hey, I'm a cis white male. You know, can I be a mentor? And I'm like, you know, the industry is full of, you know, cis white men. Um, if we if even tried to exclude, you know, a certain group of people, you know, then we wouldn't have that experience. We wouldn't have that wealth of knowledge, you know, of what the industry has been over the last, you know, however many years at this point. Right. So, you know, we need, um, you know, everybody to come out and share their experience, talk about, you know, what people should be, you know, asking for as far as salary negotiations, what types of jobs should they be looking, you know, how can they define their careers for themselves? Because there's no, you know, one set path. Um, so, you know, if anyone listening is interested in, you know, mentoring and, you know, just, you know, donating an hour of your life um, a month to somebody who's trying to, you know, get into the field, um, our website, blackgirlshack.org slash mentor um, has our mentoring plan, which describes, you know, the mentoring program, how people can get involved, you know, what the relationship looks like between a mentor and a mentee um, in terms of communication and, and, you know, how that basically relationship goes. Because I, I tell people in our squad all of the time that mentoring is, you know, very much so a relationship, right? Um, I'll have people who drop in my inbox, you know, that I, I've never met before, spoken before um, in LinkedIn and say, hey, can you mentor me? Um, and I, I tell people that that's pretty much the same um, as, you know, dropping into someone's inbox and saying, hey, will you marry me? Right. Because it's it's a relationship between, you know, two people that's, you know, you're you're asking them to help you. You're asking them to give you their expertise, expertise, their experience to, you know, help make your career a little bit more efficient based on their experience. Um, and that's not just something that you should enter in likely, lightly. Um, it's a two way relationship. It's a two way um you know, conversation where there's, you know, both give and take. Um, and it's important that, you know, people realize that when they're asking people to mentor them, because, you know, it's, it's them taking time out of their day, um, you know, to, to help you, but then it's also like they're getting something as well, you know, so that they can be able to get back and, you know, know what's important um, as far as the next generation. So um, I, I definitely think it's important that, you know, we have mentors um, in every area of cybersecurity, um, so that, you know, we can have that experience. We don't just have, you know, hackers as much as I, you know, much to my dismay in um, Black Girls Hack. We've got, you know, GRC people, we've got blue teamers, we've got a little bit of everybody um, in there. And we need, you know, the experience of a little bit of everybody in terms of mentoring as well. I absolutely love that um, on all so many levels. Like I never thought about, you know, when someone messages and like, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Can you be my mentor? It's like, uh, I don't know you. Let's, <laughs> let's, you know, slowly build a relationship. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. Whoa now. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things like with mentoring is like as a mentor, you learn so much from your mentee. Like it's, it is a reciprocal relationship where you're learning yes. so much from each other. Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Cause you're, it, that's, that's what being having a good mentoring relationship is about is like you're growing out, you're learning from each other's experience and you get stronger that way. That's the way we learn is by sharing knowledge at the end of the day. And I, I know that for some people, they may struggle to be able to donate their time through mentoring. However, 
Um, I know that, you know, donations are always in need for a nonprofit. And I know that uh, you guys are going to be doing a girls hack village at DEF CON. Um, and also you're trying to get some hackers sponsored in your organization. So let's talk about both of those. Which one would Absolutely. you like to tackle first? Um, I want to start with Girls Hack Village because I'm okay. so excited about it. Um, we we actually went to Black Girls Hack, um, went to um, DEF CON last year for the first time. Um, and um, I got to be a part of the Blacks in Cybersecurity Village, um, which I think that that was the first time that a Black organization had had the opportunity to have you know, basically their own village um, at DEF CON. And for anybody who's not familiar, villages are just basically a, a mini conference inside of the larger conference where, you know, all of the content in terms of the, the talks and the workshops are on a specific topics. And for them, it was the, the issues um, surrounding um, Blacks, Black people in cybersecurity industry. Um, you know, so given that the, that demographic was already handled by the Blacks in Cybersecurity Village, um, we kind of approached this from the perspective of, you know, women, um, women being represented at the conference. Um, and I think in the past, um, the history of DEF CON, there have definitely been women um, sponsored villages, but, you know, there haven't been there in a while. Um, so we, we thought that, you know, we could, you know, one, represent women, um, the, the interest of women in the space, and then also, you know, of hackers in the space. Um, because, you know, DEF CON being one of the largest um, hacker conferences um, in the world, you know, it's the place where people go to network, to meet other people, to see the research that's being done in, in various areas. So, you know, we we took a, took a, a, a chance, shot our shot, um, and our village got accepted. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and we've got an amazing lineup of um, women, um, you know, change makers in the space um, who are going to be speaking at our village. So I'm very excited, you know, that we're gonna be able to have content that will be able to highlight women in the space. Um, you know, because when we think about hackers, a lot of time, we, we don't think about women. Um, women represent, you know, only, you know, 25% or less of the space. Um, so that's why I'm so excited about, you know, the Girls Hack Village um, and, and being able to, you know, see ourselves represented in there. Um, the other thing that we're trying to do, last year we were able to get, um, through raising donations, seven people to, um, to DEF CON. So my goal for this year was to bring 20 people to um, summer camp. So um, Hacker Summer Camp is basically um, Black Hat, um, DEF CON. There's also B-Sides, Las Vegas, that's at the same time. Um, Diana Initiative has their conference um, during that week as well. Um, and it's basically a lot of cybersecurity um, conferences that are packed into that one week um, in Las Vegas. So it's an opportunity for, you know, just a meeting of minds, of networking, of learning, um, getting training, um, so many things. So we're trying to get 20 people there um, who would otherwise not necessarily be able to go. Um, one of the things I realized when we got the seven people there last time, last year was that it was ridiculously expensive. Um, you know, the rooms were, I think, $150 a night. Um, and, the you know, the tickets for Black Hat are $2,000 and DEF CON tickets, I think, $300. So when we added that up, um, it ended up being, you know, a, at least a $1,500 investment per person um, to be able to go. So we wanted to, you know, just in, in terms of our mission with Black Girls Hack, in terms of reducing some of the barriers to entry, kind of like reduce some of those financial barriers to entry to make this available to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to go. So we're raising um, money to get 20 people um, into summer camp. 
Um, we actually haven't announced it yet. So this is kind of like breaking news for, for your podcast that we are partnering with Black Hat USA and they've donated 25 tickets to the squad so that we can you know, be able to get in, which is huge. Cause like I said, those tickets are normally $2,000 a person. Um, and that gets us into the Black Hat. And then we um, have raised money for 14 people so far for DEF CON to cover like their transportation costs in terms of their flights. Um, the ticket, and then their hotel stay once they get there. So we've got 14 um, people who've been um, sponsored. We need, you know, six more um, to raise funds for six more people. Um, and, and to sponsor one person is $1,500. So hopefully that makes sense. I feel like I'm, um, you know, <laughs> talking so quickly because I'm so excited about it. Um, but, you know, we are, we're definitely trying to raise money to get people to um, the summer camp. Um, especially to, you know, be able to check out our Girls Hack Village, which um, I hope we'll be able to bring to many conferences in the future so that, you know, women, um, especially women hackers can have a, a, you know, representation in a space that's, you know, generally very much so male. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I definitely am applauding on that one <laughs> silently. <laughs> um, but yeah, you only need like six people left. Yes. So, Okay. All right. So how, how can companies get involved now? Say if a company wants to like, you know, take all these six people and, you know, sponsor them. How does, how do partnerships work? Let's just broadly, how do partnerships work with Black Girls Hack? So we've got two types of uh, partnerships that we do, generally do. Um, the ones that I, I generally seek out are the ones where they're providing, you know, training to, to people. Um, you know, because our, our end goal at the end of the day um, is to reduce the barriers to entry and to actually get people into careers in cybersecurity, right? So, you know, training um, uh, partnerships. So we've got some of those with um, some organizations like Rangeforce um, and um, INE um, and like CompTIA, where we have, you know, either a discount or, you know, vouchers that are provided to us for us to be able to, you know, help people to, you know, get into the industry and all they have to worry about is actually studying. Um, the other types of partnerships that we'll do are when organizations decide that they wanna just donate either money to us or donate something that you know, helps us along this way. Um, you know, some companies donate like you know, DEF CON tickets or some companies will donate you know, just, just money. Um, and, th and they can do that through our, our website, blackgirlshack.org slash donate. Um, and we're a 501c3 organization. So of course those um, contributions are tax deductible. Um, but there's a lot of different ways. Um, we've had organizations who've just said, hey, we want to, you know, give our employees the opportunity or a place to come and give back in terms of teaching workshops or spreading information in, in a variety of, of areas. And I absolutely love those because, you know, without knowing what's possible, you know, they have nothing to you know, aspire to. You know, so I, I think it's important that people see, you know, what are people that are actually in the industry doing? So, you know, there are companies that just say, you know, hey, you know, we'll either match monetary donations and or time donations will get people to come out and you know um, work with the organization you know to teach something for example so, and those are a lot of different ways that i think companies can kind of partner with us um, to you know kind of give back you know even um, we had a, um, a workshop last month um, with the senate placement committee um, because they are trying to increase diversity so they came out and talked to the people about how they can apply about the different jobs that are available um, so that you know, our organization can apply to those jobs and be able to get consideration. Because a lot of times, you know, when you go through, you know, I call it the front door of submitting your resume, you know, it'll, you'll get instant rejection. 
And I got a lot of that, you know, as I was trying to transition. Um, so, you know, we're trying to, as much as possible, make it easier for people so that they don't have to go through that same, you know, cycle of rejection and, you know, disappointment and just, you know, feeling like you're not going to be good enough in order to, you know, be able to succeed in, in the industry, right? Because that's, we want to encourage people to get in as, a, as opposed to, you know, discourage them. So, you know, anything that, you know, the, an organization is willing to, to do, you know, we, we, will, we, we will accept it. You know, we, we definitely want um, to be able to give back to our organization and Absolutely. to help to grow. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's challenging, you know, to be in an industry and, you know, you enter rooms, no one looks like you. It, it makes you feel like you have imposter syndrome, like Absolutely. as if I don't belong here or I can't belong here. And, but then you realize you don't have imposter syndrome. What it is, is the system itself. It's not, it's not opened enough yet. And yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm so proud of the work you've been doing. Like Tanisha, I've been following, you know, since the, since the launch and I kudos to you um, for creating this. And I know it's definitely, it's making a huge impact in our industry. Yeah, I'm, 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 I can't, I wish I could take all of the credit for all of the things um, we've, we've had a lot of success, but um, it's honestly, you know, we've got a team of, of, volunteers that help to make things, you know, help to make things work. Um, and if it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't be able to do the things that, you know, we do. I, I wish I can say that I was, you know, solely responsible for, you know, all of the amazingness that's happening, you know, in, in the trajectory of, of Black Girls Hack, but it's not, you know, I've got an amazing team, um, which is built of, of volunteers. You know, none of us are actually getting paid um, to do this work. So it's just like a labor of love for us. Um, so, you know, which is why it's so important that we get, you know, additional volunteers so that, you know, we can continue to grow um, and continue to make an impact in the industry. Love it. Okay. So if anyone is listening in and is thinking, so how can I get involved to volunteer? What kind of volunteering positions do you have at this time? Um, Tanisha, do you mind sharing a little bit? Absolutely. So um, our website, um, blackgirlshack.org slash volunteer, um, has the general sign up for volunteers. We have, um, I think it's eight different departments, um, which pretty much look like, you know, most um, companies that you'll see in the industry um, in terms of we've got technology people and security people and operations people. Um, and we need, you know, volunteers in all of those areas. We need project managers. We need defense people who can help to make sure that, you know, we are staying safe as a cybersecurity organization. Um, we need people to help, you know, do all of the things like the mentoring and the resume reviews and just, you know, simple things like, you know, making sure that we get volunteers onboarded. Um, you know, so we, we've got so many um, opportunities um, and I don't think that we've, you know, had many instances of, you know, turning people down, like, hey, we don't need your help, right? Because we've, we've literally got, you know, so many things that are available. Um, you know, we just ask that people, you know, be good, you know, human beings, you know, and that, and that and I think for us, one of the things I love most about Black Girls Hack um, is the community aspect. It's the feeling that, you know, despite the fact that we're all very much so different, we're all interested in increasing diversity and making it you know, easier for people to get jobs and to be able to feel comfortable um, in cybersecurity. Um, so, you know, if if people just have time that they're willing to donate, you know, we can definitely find something to that will allow you to help us to, you know, I call it world domination um, for us to take over the world, you know, which is, you know, basically everybody just trying to live their best lives and give back in a way that's meaningful um, and will have 
a, a lasting impact in the industry um, and, and on other people. Love it. Tanisha, is there any major takeaway that you want everyone to have at, at least from this conversation today? Um, absolutely. Um, I think change happens over time. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, making change, um, I think it's important that, you know, even if it's not Black Girls Hack, that, you know, if you have a set of skills, if you have, um, you know, time, if you've got excess funds, whatever you've got in excess of, that you share that with other people to help grow people in that area. Um, I think even if it's not with Black Girls Hack, um, you know, I think there are a lot of nonprofits out there that are doing a lot of amazing work and we need people to you know make it more inviting um, and comfortable for people who are you know not the norm for the industry um, so you know I, I say you know hey look around you see what you can give back um, and see you know what you can contribute to you know helping to make somebody else's life a little bit better absolutely love it I have no conclusions on these friends this is that was perfect um, well, thank you, Tanisha, so much to be on here and, and sharing about the organization. And everyone, you know, there's always something you can do for a nonprofit, whether it's giving your time, giving funds, or even just coming up with strategies that might work out for them. Even sending a person a message that you made, you know, you still today don't know who it was talking about, <laughs> hey, uh, there's some grants you should apply for. See, all these little things, they add up and they make things turn out to be beautiful. And it's all about Absolutely. So thank you, Tanisha, so much. It was lovely to have you. Thank you for having me, Chloe. Um, I appreciate the conversation. It's always a pleasure talking to you. So um, I'm thank thankful that you invited me. Likewise. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Changemaking Podcast with Chloe Mestagi. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.